Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. That's the 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, fans of the 90 sitcom Friends will soon have an opportunity to relive those nostalgic moments from the show. At the new Friends Experience, which is just south of L.A., fans can immerse themselves in set creations from the show, including Central Perk, the coffee shop, uh, the opening credits fountain, Joey and Chandler's apartment, and Monica and Rachel's kitchen. The Friends Experience opens this Friday, June 22nd, in the Long Beach area and will remain open until September 17th. You have to make reservations, and you could do so on friendstheexperience.com and the location is in Lakewood just north of Long Beach. So right. check it out. Friends Experience. Mm-hmm. Let me make I'm my looking reservation here, yeah. right now. Get your tickets. How much are the tickets? It depends. There's like a VIP experience where you get like food and all that stuff. They start at like 35 bucks. 35 bucks for adults. Cheap. Premium yeah. is 52. Kids are 30 bucks. Why would you take kids to see the Friends Yeah, they don't, they yeah, don't they know, know it. They weren't born. <laughs> They weren't born. All right. They, they have a in. senior discount, 55 plus. Cappy's oh. almost there. Oh, man. Oh, it's at the Lakewood Mall. All right. So that's where it's at. Lakewood Center Mall. That's not too far. There yeah. it is. So I would just go to it just to check it out because I went to the Save by the Bell one and it was pretty cool. Right. Are you a friends person, Linz? I mean, I watched My it. My wife would love this. Oh, yeah. Take, Take her. her. That'd be a good date night. Um, yeah. I just have to see the, what dates. Because we're going to the Dodger game, it's, too. Well, you got like two months. Oh, it's that long? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was just like a weekend. It starts oh, this no, no. Friday, and it's good till September 17th. Yeah. Oh. No Mondays and Tuesdays. It's available on weekends. Let's go. All right. There you go. That is what you need nice. to know. Brought to you by Morongo I'll Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right. So the draft will be starting any second now. Oh, Adam Silver coming out strong. Well, he's just coming out to like greet everybody. I don't think he's actually making a pick yet. Uh, so, Laura, when the picks happen, you, there you go. You know the drill. Ooh. We're professional around here. It's not your first time, huh? Definitely not the first rodeo. You ever covered the draft? I have. And? It's, oh, it's, it's a, a grind. Long, huh? It's a long day. How big is that research packet? Very. The book, right? Yeah. It's, it's a very, very long day. Um, I would say any draft. I've done NFL drafts. I've done NBA drafts. They're super long days. Yeah, I've been in the Lakers facility on draft day when you're there and just sitting around. Yeah, sitting around. When sitting I around. did the NFL draft, it's when it was one day, like still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Remember when they used to just yeah. do it on like a Saturday? Do or it whatever, all. You know, that's a while ago. Yeah. Now it's a spectacle. That was 20 years ago. Man. Right? Yeah. Oh, listen. Three I, days. You couldn't. Just... You couldn't pay me though. No. <laughs> to be a fan sitting out there in the middle of nowhere, Kansas City or wherever they were this year, um, you know, being a thousand feet away from the stage, like, no. like Just you to wear their jersey. Can't see anything. It's not, not for me, bro. I get it. And that's why they go into cities like Indianapolis, Kansas They're going City. to Vegas, aren't they? Or they yeah, went they, to they Vegas. Did a Vegas they did Vegas. Years, but yeah. going to those smaller market cities, that's great for them because yeah. that's what they live and breathe. A hundred percent. And, you know, there's already the issues that you have to give Super Bowls equitably as well, and I don't think anyone really wants to do that. You know what I mean? So there's that part of the equation. All right, so let's get to the Lakers here real quick. Um, what do you think the Lakers would do at 17? Should they move back? 
you know, and acquire more picks, uh, maybe a lower one in the first and some seconds, because uh, they need cost-controlled contracts. Do you trade that pick and just utilize it to get you a, a good veteran player, you know, that costs a couple million dollars on salary, like another Jared Vanderbilt type? Mm-hmm. Um, or do you just make the pick and keep it? Yesterday, I would have said make the kit the the pick and keep it. Because of what they did this morning of getting somebody in the second round, moving forty seven to forty. Right. My I started thinking, okay, you're up to something. Yeah. And then there's moves around. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Lakers right now, there's nobody really in that seventeen area that's gonna give you that impact or right away, right? You wanna find somebody who, as you said, the veterans that can help you out because the lack of depth on the Laker bench is huge for you. I would trade that pick back, which is a scenario that's available. Mm-hmm. And get some more picks. Load them up for later. Because if you're moving around and you're going to have the ability to say you're trying to trade somebody to get veterans to come here. Let's just say the Fred Van Fleets of the world. So those kind of players, mm-hmm. you got to have p- picks to package, right? Yeah. you got to have something to add in there. Yeah. So the more picks you have, I would say get rid of that 17 and move back if you can get in the 20s. Yeah. I think, look, generally, you know how this works because you, you've talked about how you've covered these drafts in El Segundo. And whether it's football or basketball, teams have a list of guys, mm-hmm. right? They have their own board and they will they will write one through 60 who they think where they rank them. Right. And then, you know, everyone will have Wimbanyama number one. Right. But then from that point on, it'll be different, different variations of it. Yep. So if the Lakers pick at 17, and let's say the guy they have who was in their list, they had a 10 or something like that or 12, they may say, we'll take that guy because there's real value there at 17. But if none of those guys are there and like the draft is all wonky and guys are you know shooting up the draft that you didn't expect or whatever, then yeah, maybe you just trade back and you're like, wait, we, there's two or three guys. If we trade back just a couple mm-hmm. spots, We've got a group of guys that we like in that area. Maybe we'll just do that instead. So I'm with you. And like, I don't have a problem going back and getting more picks because, again, they need a lot of bodies on this team. And players that are at 17, they'll probably be there at 20-something. Correct. Because of what other teams and their needs. Correct. So there's a couple of players that that have come to the Lakers to work out. I mentioned in the pro- crosstalk, um, the kid that's at Pepperdine. Uh, Morgan Lewis, I believe that's name. Let me see. I wrote it down. I put my notes down. Ah. Uh, just making sure his name is Maxwell Lewis. Right. So Vegas kid um, didn't play much. Another one who was affected COVID during high school days, but he went to uh, Pepperdine, injured himself. But his upside is a lot. Um, I know that the Lakers were at Pepperdine watching him or watching WCC games. Their scouts. He's a player whose stock has risen. Even though Pepperdine team, you're not thinking that this is somebody's going to send a first rounder. But that might be a player that you can find. Late in the first round. So Maxwell Lewis is a player. The other one that, this is a guy that Lakers, if they can get him, I like him. Name is Brandon Podzimski. Mm-hmm. Played at Santa Clara. Yeah. Was at Illinois last year. Right. On the bench, maybe a point a game, the average 1.3, whatever it is. Then got a chance to play at Santa Clara Santa and balled Clara, out. Balled yeah. out yeah. and can shoot. He's 6'5". A shooter comes out, plays hard, and was also getting like about nine rebounds a game. Right. So those kind of players... You could see them late first round, early second round. So if you trade back, they might be available for you there. Those are the kind of guys I like. Yeah, I, I think you get value. If you don't have if there's not a guy there that fell, then you get value. It's yeah. all it's all simple. Um look, there's a lot of rumors, by the way, 
And I just want to let you know that not all rumors on the internet are <laughs> created equally, is what I would Especially say. Especially during draft time? Yeah. Um, because, you know, there's also, like, for example, and this is not real, to my knowledge, okay? But somebody already in the circle of trust, Rev Ayala, tweeted me a one of these random Twitter accounts, right, who's got 735 followers, who's talking about the Lakers making a deal. And it's like, bro, you got to... Don't, you know, you can't be, you can't be thinking, and, and I'm not saying it's not impossible because actually I found out, this is very early 2000s talk radio. A guy called in to the radio station I worked at to tell me, hey, Shaq is getting traded from the Lakers to the Heat. And, uh, and cause he said he had just ran into somebody that was like one of Shaq's family or something like that. And they were they, like, he recognized them and said that and they told him. Because he was a stranger, and this is 2004. So this what is early? Internet. So you could have broke the news. No, and I we laughed at the guy. We're like, get the hell out of here. That's not <laughs> happening. We hung up on him. No. Yeah, dial tone. You got the dial tone on the guy. Yeah. And he would. He, yeah, he just, your career could have been changed, man. It doesn't matter. Would they, <laughs> no, it wouldn't have changed. It didn't do anything. Uh, it would have been the exact same thing. But it was. But to my point, like I don't want to dismiss the guy with 735 followers. Yeah. That he may have a Laker deal that he knows that no one else knows because he ran into the some person at lunch. Um, but I would say the chances of that happening are slim and none. Like just the random person tweeting out a Laker trade. So just be careful is all I'm saying if you're on the Twitter machine. Yeah, because everybody's uh, verified now, right? Right. Anybody can just pay for it. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Now, here you earn it, clearly. Yes, as, as you got to have the circle. As we learned at the Mandy's, uh, you can earn it. Uh, there's that. But um, by the way, so yesterday we were talking about this Bradley Beal deal, right, to Phoenix or whatever. Yep. And so now the details of this deal have come out. Did you see this? What part? So they, they're they giving them like six second rounders and then four first round pick swaps. 2024, oh, yeah. 2026, 2028 and 2030. Yeah. Do you realize how valuable those last two picks could potentially be? Why do teams do swaps like that? Because when they don't have first rounders, it's the only way to get entice another team to do it. Because if you're the Wizards, you're like, wait a second, Kevin Durant is 35 years old, Bradley Beal is 30 or 31, and you know, Devin Booker's still fairly young, but whatever. So, they have no picks, no first rounders to give us. They got all these second rounds, but we do pick swaps. And in 2028, I mean, it's 2023, bro. Where do you think Kevin Durant's going to be when he's 40? Not in oh, Phoenix. There, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think, 40-year-old Durant? Where do you think Bradley Beal's going to be at 35 years old? Still in Phoenix? Probably not, right? 35. And not Bradley good. Beal. Okay, the answer, it's rhetorical. You don't yes. have to answer the question. No, I'm just, yes. It's like bodies get beat up. Yeah. So, and then they're, if they don't have picks, they're going to have to trade Booker just to get draft capital back. So they're going to be terrible, probably. <laughs> so those 20, 28, and 30 picks are going to be worth it. Uh, all right, the pick is in. Shocker to everyone. Did Steve Mason win $5,000 in mythical money after he bet $500,000 in mythical money? The number one pick, Adam Silver, is... Range. He is where the league's... Oh. Oh, I thought you were going to play the Adam Silver. I thought we paused it and you were going to play Adam Silver. No worries. Forget it. It's Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Shocker, I know.
The former goalkeeper. He's walking very slowly. Now, you know he's what? He's 7'5". Yeah, there's that. There's probably that reason why he's walking slowly. But you know what the other thing is? If I were him, I'd walk slowly too. Take the strut. I'd take every moment to soak that all in. Every single last millisecond. All right. So you know Wemby, Wemby, Wemby. Just call him Wemby. Wemby. Yeah. Uh, he was a goalie as a kid, right? Yeah. He played soccer. Right. He was also judo. That oh, yeah. 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 Just like you, right? And his, I didn't do judo. Oh. His mom, uh, also a, she was either a basketball player or a, his dad was a professional basketball player in France. Mom, I think, was either a basketball player or a volleyball player in France. Yeah. The whole family. Um, yeah. So Victor Wimbanyama. His mom's 6'3, the dad's 6'6. Yeah. Man. Yeah. He is the uh, second tallest guy behind George Murison, perhaps. Murison. And what about Manu Bull? Oh, uh, Manu Bull was probably close. That's crazy. Manu Bull was such a freak that he would just can only do one thing. Do we right? have one of those draft profiles? No. We, remember back in the old days where yeah. it would be like. Now this dude's coming in as a guard. Yeah. Victor Wimbanyama from France has a seven is seven foot five is a vertical of five feet. I like those, man. Those are good. Eight foot wingspan. Yeah. Who used to do those for the legs? I think did those sometimes. Yeah. For the network. Right. Because we know Mel Kuyper's the NFL ones. Yeah. yeah. With thick thighs and a wide base. Yeah. (laughs) The wide base. Loose hips. Loose hips. Stands tall. Yeah. Uh, Take a pounding from an offensive lineman. Yeah. So. Just to wrap this up before we go to break, yeah, the Phoenix deal not as no. not as good as it looked before. They're taking too now, many contracts, now too much ha- money. Now that we have the deal, uh, all right. Coming up next, did Brandon Miller could he drop to number three because of what he said about Paul George? We'll tell you what that's all about next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Quarter after 5 p.m. on a live imaging Thursday, at least for this moment, Sinano and Cap on this day in 1985, the number one hit, Brian Adams, Heaven. Great song, man. Here comes the hook. Sinano. All that I want. Is the pick in? Oh, the pick's in for the Charlotte Hornets at number two. Oh, it is. All right, so let me know when you're ready to get to uh, whoever the number two pick is when Adam Silver gets up there. Um, Yeah, Brian Adams, by the way, this song and everything I do, I do for you from the Robin Hood soundtrack. Yes, you know with uh, with Costner. Yeah, in tights, and uh, <laughs> and Elizabeth, uh, whatever Master Antonio, what was her name? I don't know. The you, uh, the female lead. But the song I really love from that soundtrack. Remember when Sting, Brian Adams, the Rod Stewart got together and sang "All for Love." Oh. Let's do it all for love, not for one, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Do we, is it, no, the commissioner's not at the podium yet. 
No, not yet, because they're showing a Marty Smith thing in San Antonio where he's at like some uh, watch party. That's Marty Smith. I thought that was just yeah. a fan. No, that's what Marty, I thought. It's Marty Smith. We've he's got him. jorts. Yeah. Well, he's he's dressed up in character. He's dressed up as like a Spurs fan. Uh, is that really right. character? Marty Smith embedded yeah. deep in the Spurs Marty draft Smith war room. Dresses li- like he's a oh impeccable oh, on TV. Oh, oh yeah, on TV he does. Yeah. He, oh my God, he did. Wow. <laughs> he did like a fake tattoo of Wemby behind yeah. him. That's on TV funny. he's all impeccable, but maybe in real life he's like that. He can wear those. No, the, you know, Marty and McGee. I listen on Saturday morning. He can be. He wears the real tailored oh, suit yeah. trousers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, on TV. Like one leg could he's, fit. I could fit lean, one leg in those lean, things. Mean, mean. He's lean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Wemby's crying. Good for Wemby, man. Soak it all in. Mm. What do you mean? Mm. You know you're gonna be the number one pick for the last five years. Yeah, but it finally happens, bro. Like yeah. that emotion's gonna. Bet you Scoot ain't gonna cry if the Kansas guard goes at ten. My guy Scoot is a dog from Georgia, man. He's not gonna cry if the Kansas guard goes at ten. You know who? What his name is? Oh, Grady. Grady. Grady can shoot it, man. Yeah, he's not a top ten. Pick. But if he, but if he oh, goes, wait, at, Brandon Miller's on the phone. Let's oh, hear from Adam. Oh, let's go to the podium. Charlotte Hornets number two pick. The pick is in, but we will get it in moments. Yeah. As Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Brandon Miller would be headed to to the Charlotte Hornets. Let's find out definitively once again. Here is Commissioner Silver. With the second pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Brandon Miller oh. from the University of Alabama. I mean, you passed on Scoot, Michael Scoot. Jordan. It's kind of apropos for Michael. Listen, he may end up being a good player. Like, he was great in college, don't get me wrong. But I think Scoot is a generational talent. Yeah. And I know LaMelo's in the backfield, or backfield, back backcourt already. But I don't know, man. Yeah, Brandon Miller from that AEU world. He's been in five stars since he was like an elementary. No, he's a great player. Dad played at football at Alabama. He was made for, to go to the Roll Tide, all that good stuff. 6'9", he's good. He just has some growing up to do. Where Scoot's been well, a pro, we, we know, we know. Yeah. Yeah. But it just in general, but Scoot's been a pro the last couple of years. Two years, yes. been playing in the pro game. Yeah, been around grown men. Been around like Pooh Jetter, a fantastic mentor for him. Has yeah. been around him. Jason Hart's been coaching him. Right. with G League Ignite, and they rave about Scoot. So Brandon Miller, he's gonna be good. But you better hope it works out for you, Charlotte, because they have some terrible draft picks. Yeah. Um. I, look, Brandon Miller is probably gonna be a good player. I just think Scoot's going to be a generational talent. Yeah. So I, I just think there's a difference there. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. So we'll see. But now the draft really gets interesting with Portland. Because if Portland takes Scoot <laughs> and we don't hear again that they're going to deal him. You've been waiting for this. Then Dame is on the table for people. So that to me is the most interesting part of the draft. Barring what happens at number three. So, e- mm. either way. Uh, but, yeah, look, Brandon Miller, look, we know the stuff that happened off yeah. the court, right? We don't but need yeah, to. But even away from that, just the fact that he's been groomed and has never been tough for him yeah. at all because he's been 6'9", he's been a five-star forever. So, it's just guys like that where they haven't been tested, the one and done, and at that size, he's still skinny. You know, they're, right, they're going to gonna... move you around a little bit. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, Cody Zeller, that's the name I was thinking of. The, yeah. the, uh, and Frank Kaminsky. Right. The former Hart, Hornets, great first round picks. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. So Brandon Miller, as you mentioned, family it was all about Alabama. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of your prototypical three and D wing mm-hmm. um, who can also do incredible stuff off the dribble. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there moving forward as we get ready for pick number three coming up in a second. But So uh, now this is what you've been waiting for, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, to me, is where the draft really begins. 
Yeah. Yeah. In this a is big, where big the, way. Yeah. the Twitter world, because you said oh. an hour later, what's going to happen with Dame? I want to see what Dame tweets once they get Scoot. So it, I think they're going to take Scoot. You have to. Yeah. I Who else is there? I think they're going to take Scoot. But then the question is, are they moving him and trying to get a veteran for Dame? Or are they going to keep him? So uh, either way, that's what we got going on. All right. Also, uh, Brandon Miller, do we have the audio of what he said now that he's gone number two yep. to Charlotte? So he was asked <laughs> a question by some reporter. I don't know. Uh, so, and I'm not trying to be dismissive. I just no, it's a Scoop was... B from uh, Bally Sports. Yeah, whatever. Yes, there yeah. You go. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't know who it was. So I wasn't trying to be dismissive. But he gets asked the question, the LeBron goat, Jordan goat question, yeah. whatever. And he was like, nah, man, I'm going off the board on this one. I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the goat of basketball. I think my goat of basketball is Paul George. You know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. So now I think an important clarification here is, is he says my goat is Paul George. Mm-hmm. Probably because he wants he feels like he could replicate some of the stuff Paul George, similar size, similar body builds. Exactly. Particularly particularly coming out. Um, of college when mm-hmm. when Paul George came out of Fresno State, he did look a lot physically like Brandon Miller. The comparison body wise, or there. Yeah. And what happens when you're around size? They always tell you find a player who you can emulate that look that you're around. Right. That's his guy. So he said, Michael, was it taken out of context? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh well. Welcome to being a professional athlete. Yeah. Now he, you're gonna learn quick. Everything yeah. you say is going to be uh, dissected six Everything. ways to Sunday. You know what I mean? That's how these things end up working out. Uh, but. Like I, I like, look, man. I don't. I, I'm not the person that wants to fight with people about who your goat is. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care who your goat is. You're not Jerry Harrison fighting for Jordan every single day on Twitter. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care enough. And if you, I'm glad you care. Yes. Because we wouldn't be in business if you didn't care. I just personally, George Sedano, do not care. Okay. And now. Paul George can say, hey, I was mentioned for I'm a goat. (laughs) Exactly. No doubt. So there you have it. Uh, So Portland's pick, Lindsay, they said it's in? Oh, the pick is in. It's it on TV there Uh now. So we'll wait for Adam Silver to get there. I think it's going to be Scoot. It has to be. I I think there's no chance it's not Scoot. Again, the question is, what do they do with Scoot after? Do they make Scoot Scoot? Oh, where's that song? Scoot Scoot. No, that's skeet skeet. Oh, skeet skeet. Damn. Different, completely different thing, Damn. by the way. Yes, so be careful. That's just like the Frank Sinatra AI thing. Yes, yes. The song he sang. Uh, that's right. We had that earlier with uh, with Mason in Ireland the other day. But in the interim, I, I'll just say this. Scoot Henderson is going to be a problem for a long, long time. Baller. You're going to love watching him play. And if he, I want him to go to Portland so we can see him more often here on the West Coast. Yes, I would agree. All right, Adam Silver's heading to the podium. Let's listen in. With the third pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Scoot Henderson from Marietta, Georgia, and the NBA G League's Team Ignite. Bro, I love Scoot Henderson's fit right now. He's got this black suit that has got bedazzled. Mm -hmm. He looks like a torero. Yes, yeah, that'll work. He I'll looks like a matador. Ma- like a matador. I was gonna say a bullfighter. Yeah, yeah. he looks like a mat. That suit is bad, and ass. he's also got the chest showing. That's what Cappy was going Cappy for. Cappy wishes. Yeah, Cappy. If Cappy pulls this off, maybe I'll try that at the Mandy's next year. You should. You should. The bedazzled uh, torero matador uh, suit. Yeah, just for let you know, his name is Sterling. That's his name. 
Sterling Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Um, his parents, speaking of parents, run a facility in Georgia, uh, mm-hmm. one of those athletic training facilities yeah. to work out. So the dude's been working out his entire life. He's from right? Atlanta originally, right? Yep, out yeah, out there. Yeah. But now the question is, oh, now I'm looking to see what the insiders tweet. Let me right. see. His Anything? nickname's Scoot because he used to scoot yeah. across the floor yeah. as a baby. Yeah. Um, what do they say? Anything on Dame? Nothing what? yet. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. That's the thing we got to keep our eye on here. What happens with Dame? Because Scoot's great, right? But most people haven't seen Scoot play. I've watched him play a bunch, but most people haven't. You're just going to be like, he's got a cool name, and everybody says he's good, so I'm assuming he's going to be good. Um, but now it's like Dame time, yeah. legitimately. Let's see it. Now, this is going to be an interesting way uh, for the NBA to figure out what to make of the G League Ignite team. Because this is the first uh, real. The last year they had a class with Green and, and they've had guys. Yeah, but Scoot's been the one that was. He's the highest draft pick, but yeah. he's also the one who was seventeen with them. Right, came in as a ch- as a as, child. As, exactly, yeah. who they grew for a couple of years. Where this is a young man, they're trying to replicate what they did in the doing the European system, where they go to the academies and they go and play as professional at sixteen years old. So Scoot has been a pro since seventeen. Training every single day with these pros, right? Like working it's, out it's with these very, pros. It's very European soccer. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, one thing to say, "Hey, I'm at Duke and I'm traveling to Kentucky." It's another when I'm at G League Ignite one night and then the next day I'm in Sioux Falls, right? Or I'm in Maine, right? These kids. He's been an adult and a professional the last couple of years, so he's going to make an impact immediately in the NBA. Yeah. I. I, I mean, I. I think so. I think he's going to be one of those guys that is going to be must watch from day one. I can't. I can't wait till Friday night when he plays at Summer League and hopefully against Wemby. And also, they play and practice every single day, unlike college. Right, right. No, he he has been, he's had a professional regimen for two years. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. Uh, all right, coming up next, the award-winning radio tinder, which could occasionally be interrupted by Adam Silver in the draft. <laughs> uh, that's coming up next. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You good or was inside information about the breezy? 5.30 in the Southland. Radio Tinder time. We like to play a TV theme like this one, the Saturday Night Live theme on this day in 1990. Yeah. Adam Sandler joins SNL. It was good back in the day. You know, when Adam Sandler was on there, you know? Oh, he's texting people in the league like, hey, what do you hear about who's going at number five to the Pistons? Uh, number four. I'm in Thompson, I'm hearing. Oh, is that what you're hearing? Yeah. Deep Embedded. Deep embedded. In the Houston Rockets. So, well, I'd actually yeah. know people in the Houston Rockets yeah, draft order. We'll know in a minute or so because uh, they'll be, uh, they're on the clock. Meanwhile, still. Radio Tinder Time, you can follow her at Lindsay Baseball on Twitter or Instagram. Don't forget about our sponsor, Tequila. Oh, go ahead. No, just te- go Tequila. Tequila Mandala. To answer your question, yes, I loved Saturday Night Live in the 80s when I was a child. I'd stay up very late in the 90s. I did the same thing as a kid. Um, and even the early 2000s were yeah. good, but I just. 
I have not committed to watching Saturday Night Live regularly in 20 years. What I would say is, if there's an interesting guest host, I will pop in. But that's about it. Yeah, I only watch uh, the Weekend Update on YouTube. Right, right. Mm, usually that's on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Take it away, Lindsay. Take it away, Lindsay. Thanks, Christopher. All right, so the owner of a California restaurant chain has been ordered to pay $70,000 in damages to employees who met with a person identified as a priest to confess workplace sins. The Department of Labor uncovered the spiritual scam after an investigation into unpaid wages. So an employee told the court that the, quote, priest urged workers to get the sins out and asked them if they had stolen from the employer, been late for work, had done anything to harm their employer, or if they had bad intentions towards their employer. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever done anything at work that you've had to confess, or at least wanted to confess? No. Swipe left. Why would I? Why would? (laughs) Listen, man. In the day and age uh, that we live in now, there's no. You ain't getting away with nothing, bro. Everything is on a computer. Everything is on a video camera. You ain't getting away with nothing. So don't even try. What about way back in the day? You never been late to work? I mean, late to work. Everybody's been late to work. I've been late to work here. Yeah, that's traffic, so it doesn't count. Right. Um. Yeah. Swipe left, Linz. I'm. I'm a good employee. Hire me. There you go. <laughs> you guys are so full of it. Well, I've never had a real job either. I was a paper Wait, boy. Why am I full of it? I. Yeah. Never, I, what if we're just good people, right? I mean. Hold on. Pick four, Houston. With the fourth pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson. There you go. Oh. From Oakland, California, an overtime elite. Very nice. Yeah. Oakland, stand up. All right. And moved to Fort Lauderdale. There you go. Yeah. I'm in Thompson and his really nice white on white fit. Six seven, smooth. Yeah. Good point guard. Like, yeah. Great vision. Uh, really, really impressive. My guy Izzy Gutierrez went down there to do a story about them a couple times for ESPN and came away very impressed. He believes Amen can be a franchise-type player wow. for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, so what happened, Linz? Why can't we just, to Brett's point, why can't we just be good people? You can. I'm just saying, you know, if they're, if they're just I saying. I mean, regret is a huge word there. Like, that's not like a small thing. Like, no, I, I just mean like any, anything. You're basically asking if we've been up to anything nefarious. No, no, no. We, I'm just like, saying anything that you wanted to confess. And like, you know. Work-wise? If you're church going, I feel like you, you got, there's a lot of things that they expect you to confess, you know? Yeah, but work-wise, what would I my if if there's any regrets, it's on my own. Like it's not because it's not not because of anything that's happened at my wow. by at my employer's expense. Okay. I mean, yeah, we'd all been everybody's been late though. Like I don't know, I don't feel like those are equitable things. Yeah, like, like like those employees at restaurants that do crazy things, like the you, Vanderpump rules, right? No. Like right. being late or like you know going to you know having a couple beers before uh, you got Showing off the clock. Drunk? You know, taking a, a pop out of the vending machine and not paying for it. Jeez. You know, that, like, I'm yeah, just going to get fired. Yeah. Okay. okay. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, UFC legend Anderson Silva has proven to be a My man guy. of his word. Yep. Yeah. I hang out with him. In losing a boxing match to Jake Paul last year, Silva also lost a bet with his opponent, which meant that he has to help to form an association to assist fighters get better pay and better health care. Silva told an MMA fighting podcast today that it's moving, it's all in motion. He said, Jake is a very correct person, so it's happening. To make sure it's done the correct way and it's enduring, it stays for future generations, it has to be well-planned and well-structured, and we're working on it. Do you guys think that Dana White slash UFC will ever allow a fighter's union? No. Swipe left. Yes. 
I mean, will they ever allow it? No. no. Could it happen? Sure. But I don't think they're they, they're going to go down fighting for that, pun intended. Yeah. So Anderson uh, takes his son to the train of the gym I go to in Carson. It's closed. Uh, but I've posted a couple pictures and I've told you, Lens, he's the nicest guy. He's actually lives up there with Sedano. He's, he's one the, of my neighbors. Yeah. The nicest man. Super cool. Um, and you can see that he is going to help people because he trains his sons. Uh, but to answer your question, Lens, a union? Nah, because there's a couple other fighters that come in there to train with Anderson, and they've I, I've heard stories of what they go through to just get stuff, just to even get a fight, and they're not going to do anything to bite the hand that feeds them. It sucks. Well, what if, like, let's say, hypothetically, all the, the UFC fighters are like, you know what? It's we hard need to because do this. You, you know, I work in boxing a lot, so everybody talks a good game, but then at the end of the day, you worry about yourself. And you're not going to, because it's like, okay, I'm a guy making 100 grand. You're only making 10. I'm not really going to try to help you out. I made it this way. It's a lot of that where I'm, I am I made it out. You got to figure it out too. It's hard. All right. What's next? All right, guys. So last one here. A Kentucky man was remembered by his son in an obituary that Uh-oh. has since gone viral. Uh-oh. <laughs> they said that he would be moderately missed by his family. Uh, <laughs> Calling the man a gluttonous eater of fried foods and snack cakes, <laughs> as well as the occasional chili cheese dog. The family of the man, 60-year-old James Loveless, made sure that his obituary was true to who he was. It also said, quote, he worked really hard. He also partied really hard, and it took a devastating toll on his body. So if you could have anyone write your obituary <laughs> for you, who would you want to write it? Um, I actually know this one because I tell my friend all the time. I mean, Christopher, clearly. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah. He can give the eulogy, but yeah. to write it, no. Write the obituary, what's yeah. going to print in the paper. Um, so, Gustavo Arellano from the LA Times, a good friend of mine, and lately he's been writing, unfortunately, profiles on people who've been passed away. He wrote a beautiful tribute to Gloria Molina, the late supervisor, who was one of the trailblazers in uh, Latino politics here in Los Angeles. And I tell him, like, when I die, just write about me, because you make everybody sound amazing. And there's a couple of people he wrote about that we know were kind of shady, but he still made them... They were he he pointed out their flaws, yet at the same time praised them. I'm like, so I, I I want Gustavo to write my obituary. Gustavo is good. So yeah. you want it to be true to who you are, or you right. want it to oh, be more yeah. like you flattering? Want, oh, if I want it to be lies, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do it myself then. Yeah. Oh man, you do it beforehand. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, if okay, so not performing the eulogy, you're saying writing it. So who is a bet? Okay, who's the best writer I know? Wright Thompson. I don't know him. Oh, though. that you know? Yeah. Uh, Levitard. Oh, Dan Levitard. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a good one. A hundred percent. Yes. And then good. I'd let Chris perform it. And then people would be like, wow, Dan Levitard's gained some weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad, Chris. I hope he's listening. He is definitely listening. He's going to walk out of that room any second now. <laughs> oh, South Beach Sessions. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's our podcast when he has uh, the South Beach Sessions. I just started on right now. He just did. So he did good. If you want to listen to a good one, Ernie Johnson. That's what I listened to the yeah, other day. Mike Breen wow. was also very good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, any more are we done? That's it for Radio Tinder. Okay. Thanks, Lynn. <laughs> You're welcome, Meadow. <laughs> Three, two. Uh, oh, I like JJ Reddick's fit today. Strong. Yeah. Well, plum. Yeah. By the way, Radio Tinder is presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala. Always swipe right on Tequila Mandala. Award-winning small batch premium sipping tequila made from the finest mature agaves. Available everywhere fine tequilas are sold. Visit their website, tequilamandala.com, and demand the extraordinary with Tequila Mandala. Uh-oh. Oh, fifth oh, pick. Got, Detroit got? Pistons. With the fifth pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Who we got? The Detroit Pistons. Pistons select Asar Thompson. 
Oh, the brother! Back to back! Wow! So they should have been a package deal. What a feeling. How awesome is that if you're their parents? Like, you sacrifice. And the brother who's there too. His brother's right Man. there. That That's is awesome. really cool. I mean, his bro- his one brother's getting is getting mic'd up now, so they might as well just bring them both over, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? Here's a little nugget. Michael Thompson should love this. Uh, their uncle, Mark Thompson, represented Jamaica in the 400 meter hurdles at the 92 Olympics. Yeah. Oh, a track athlete from the islands. Michael's all about it. Bro. Yeah. Uh, I, pretty cool stuff to be like twins crazy uh go back to back in the draft that's never happened so is the other one better like or is it just fit they're, they're both pretty good <laughs> they're both really good i would say amen is more of a point guard yeah sar you know, is more of the wing. A, a sar is more of a, a traditional wing yeah like you know the other one just has better like point guard handles and vision and court vision and things like yeah, that imagine that when you have twins right it's hard enough having a baby but when you have twins right and they're identical the all oh, night yeah. long you're struggling you're feeding the couple years yeah. like when they're toddlers like this is hard we can't do this and that and to get to this moment where have one kid drafted and back to back it's amazing yeah that is awesome yeah that's gotta be if you're the family that's like one of the most proudest moments to your point you think back of all the hard work right all the things you you went through as a family yep. to make sure that that these boys did what they could do and maximize their chances and their ability the brother too the brother deserves the bro- a lot of credit oh, yeah. the brother was their first coach um and he was asked like when did recently when did you um know that they were like legitimately yeah. like real prospects and he's like 11 years old so funny you say that in sixth grade they were taken out of regular elementary and they were homeschooled for sixth and seventh grade yep just so they can focus on basketball so they knew something was going on around yeah that age. i mean well when your brother's a division one basketball yeah, you play player review. you have a pretty good yeah. idea of if these guys are legit and legit and they're much bigger than the brother the brother was like six two or six yeah. three you know, six, seven, and they're still growing. Like, yeah. these guys aren't done growing they're into their 20s. bodies. And then, but then there's a lot of cases where people do that, and the kid doesn't want to train. The yeah. kid just becomes a teenager, and he's like, forget this. Yeah. So it's pretty That's cool. Awesome. Um, you know, brothers drafted in the top five. It's basically them and the ball brothers. Lonzo and LaMelo are both top Two five and picks. And then uh, Amen and Asar uh, were taken to the top five. But back to back in the same draft is insane when crazy. you think about it. So pretty cool stuff, man. Um, so. Coming up next, I want to get into a couple of other things, Beto, because we have some Dodger talk that I want to get into with Blake Harris. I do want to ask him specifically about Julio Urias. Uh, so we'll, we'll have some stuff with Blake. We'll do a little Dodger talk. Blake will also be interrupted by uh, Adam Silver whenever Adam Silver speaks. So make sure Blake knows that, by the way, that if he hears some random dinging sound it's because uh <laughs> or an organ, it's because he's being interrupted by Adam Silver and he just needs to immediately be quiet. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oh, I love a genie in a bottle. This song. She's such a great singer, man. She is, like, to me... Now, I'm too young to have actually seen Diana Ross perform in person. But I obviously saw her on television. But when you think of, like, great voices, right? Diana Ross, Whitney Houston. um, 
Mariah Carey. I think Christina Aguilera is in that next generation of great voices. Yeah, she she got down. Is she from uh, Pittsburgh? I don't remember where she's from originally. Yeah. So you would be it would be news to me. Um, I do know that Anthony Black was taken with the sixth pick in the draft by the Orlando Magic uh, from Arkansas, the guard from Arkansas. So that's the sixth pick. The Pacers are on the board. And if Blake Harris is interrupted by Adam Silver, it's because the pick is in. So we'll know that. <laughs> Blake Harris, follow him on Twitter at Blake H. Harris. He's our Dodger insider, MLB insider. Subscribe to this man's Substack. He's doing the Lord's work there when it comes to the Dodgers. And, of course, the podcast, which there's an open invite out to me uh, inside the ravine. I told him I need a couple weeks to get out of basketball mode and yeah. fully be immersed in baseball beyond just the Dodgers. So uh, I will be joining you soon, Blake. But thank you for joining us. How's it going, guys? How are we doing over there tonight? We are good. Um, so Beto informed me uh, about this bullpen only meeting and they come out and have the best performance of the year and by the way look in i think it's two of the last three or two of the last four games they've had incredible performances from the bullpen um are we turning a corner here i guess is my question yeah i I sure hope so i mean going back to sunday it's now been 14 consecutive scoreless innings for the bullpen which that has to be uh, a season high at this point i mean the, the previous season high was probably only three or four innings is what it feels like. But I think they are turning a corner. I mean, what we saw the last couple of days, it's not like it's been just a couple of guys that have stepped up. Every member of the Dodgers bullpen has thrown a scoreless inning or two over these last couple of games. So obviously uh, a lot better than what we've been seeing over these last couple of weeks over the whole season. So, yeah, I think what we've seen out of these guys the last three games or so I think this is the bullpen that the Dodgers envision. This is the bullpen that a lot of us fans were expecting to see. And hopefully by, you know, having these couple of awesome performances against the Angels, that can really turn a corner and help the Dodgers improve moving forward as they uh, try to chase the D-backs in the standings. You know, Blake, when you look at this Dodger team, right, they're not doing it with the big stars. They're putting in guys who are plug and play. Let's get going. How long can they sustain this yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Honestly, I think the Dodgers, they could actually sustain this, you know, the rest of the season. Obviously, guys like Freddie, guys like Mookie, guys like Will Smith, these are going to be the guys that are continuously going to be putting up all-star numbers, you know, at the plate. But I think the Dodgers just have a plethora of talent all across the board where it doesn't matter if one or two guys are slumping. They have enough depth where they're going to be able to pull, pull things together. And obviously, guys like James Outman, Miguel Vargas, you know, these rookies, they haven't necessarily been living up to the hype quite yet, but I still think the Dodgers believe in the potential. These guys are going to get the job done. David Peralta, Jason Hayward, these are two guys that have really exceeded expectations up until this point. And then, obviously, all these rookies that we have in the starting rotation and in the bullpen, Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, I think the Dodgers are going to be relying on them for many, many more weeks and potentially a couple more months while they wait for guys to get back. So I think the Dodgers, with all these random guys that are on the current active roster, I think they're going to be able to be making huge impacts as the season moves forward. Uh, real quick, pick number seven is in for the Indiana Pacers. It's Victor Wembanyama's teammate uh, in France from the Metropolitan's 92, Bilal Koulibaly, uh, forward from France. Uh, although that pick is being traded to Washington, it seems like. So I'm curious to see what that's going to be like as they're doing their rebuild and getting draft picks and trading away all their assets at the moment. Um To your point of the young guys, Blake, and Blake Harris, our Dodger insider with us here. So, Beto and I were just talking about this 
I don't know, about an hour ago, right? Where I was saying, I, you know, for days I've been talking about, you know what? I'm going to give the Dodgers some time here, some breathing room. Because going into the season, and we talked about this, Blake, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't think it would be a smooth ride. I thought it'd be bumpy if you're going to play all these young guys. But I love this long term because ultimately, while I, I do think that they may have some challenges this year, they may extend their window because these young guys are getting these opportunities now. You know what I mean? Uh, with a core group of guys while still competing in for playoff positions and, and to go deep into the playoffs, like they're taking a small, like a half step back to potentially take many steps forward to expand their window. Yeah, that, that's the crazy part is that the Dodgers, you know, I think are eight or nine games above 500. They're still going to be World Series contenders. And this was supposed to be a season, like you said, in which they take a step back. They're not expected to be that 100-win juggernaut. I think we're seeing it this year. The Dodgers just have so many young guys, so many rookies that are going to be part of the bigger picture where, yeah, this is going to be kind of a learning season for the Dodgers if they win a World Series. You know, fantastic. That'll be awesome. But they're kind of preparing for the future. They're giving all these guys different opportunities. And we have never seen this, at least over the last decade of dominance from the Dodgers, where they've given so many rookies so many opportunities. We've seen Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, these kind of guys come up. But those are just one or two examples. I mean, I think the Dodgers have had seven rookies make their debut just over the last couple of months. So, yeah, this is a youth movement. I, I think the Dodgers are in a great position. And honestly, looking at how their farm system's currently built with all these guys, it looks like the Dodgers' window, honestly, at this point, you can make the case is still another five to six years at the very minimum. Well, that, uh, right, which is what I'm saying is if your window can be anything like Atlanta's was for the Maddox, Glavin, yeah. you know, Smoltz years, which was like 15, if you can get anywhere close to that, Man, that's all you can ask for is to be, you know, knocking at that door every year for all those years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I heard you guys talking about that about an hour ago. And like you said, you know, they had a 15-year window, and that's something you'll take on any given year. Obviously, I'm sure the Braves, they would have liked many more World Series championships. I'm sure up to this point, the Dodgers, they could have used a few more. But, you know, if you're telling me the Dodgers are going to be going for the World Series every year through, you know, 2030, if they win a couple there, you will gladly take two or three championships over a 15-year window. And I think the Dodgers, again, their window is going to be wide open for a long time with all of these young guys. And they're probably in the best position, I think, of any team in all of baseball when it comes to just the talent they already currently have under contract. And again, like I said, all the rookies currently coming up and their farm system, which I think is the second best in all of baseball. Hey, Blake, the last two nights, we saw some consistency from the back end of the Dodger bullpen. Caleb there, like, okay, is that something we could see more often, or is that just this week? I think it's something we can see more often. I mean, especially with Caleb Ferguson, we saw him for the first two months be a really surprising reliever for the Dodgers. He really emerged as kind of like a high-leverage guy, pretty much the number two behind Evan Phillips. Had a really rough, I think, five- or six-game stretch at the end of May, early June, but over the last five games, hasn't allowed a run. And honestly, these last two games in Anaheim, I thought it's the best he's ever looked since putting on a Dodgers uniform. I mean, he looked unhittable against guys like Shohei, Mike Trout. So I think the Dodgers are going to be getting a huge boost if Caleb Ferguson can continue to be this kind of arm. And not to mention, it sounds like, guys, Daniel Hudson, who's kind of a forgotten Dodger, he was, you know, part of the Dodgers equation last year towards ACL. Sounds like he's going to be back in about a week or two. So all of a sudden, if Daniel Hudson comes back healthy, 
having him, Caleb Ferguson, and Evan Phillips for the seventh, eighth, and ninth, uh, slowly but surely this bullpen piece is really coming together. Blake Harris, our Dodger insider with us here. Of course, you can follow his work, the Lord's work, as I like to call it, on his Substack. You can subscribe there. Inside the Ravine is the podcast, where you can find wherever you find your podcast. And, of course, his Twitter is at Blake H. Harris. Uh, real quick, uh, Jarace Walker uh, is being drafted now by the Washington Wizards, and that's part of the flip with the kid from France who played yeah. with Wembanyama. Uh, Balil Koulibaly is being flipped. Uh, so he's a wizard. Along the, with a couple of draft picks. Right. Pacers are taking Walker in that scenario. Okay. So there you go. So now we've got it. So the kid from Indiana, uh, or I'm sorry, the kid that is now <laughs> with Indiana is Walker, not uh, the kid from France, Koulibaly. All right, real quick. So I said also the other day with Cappy before he left town for Rachel's birthday, let me see what this looks like in five weeks. The Leading up to the deadline, a couple of days before the deadline, before I start to really, really worry about the Dodgers' position at, the, at you know, wherever they are in the standings. I'm not going to freak out just yet that they're not the number one wildcard team or they're not in the division lead because a lot of things can change after July 31st, but I got to see where they're at leading into that week. Is that a fair position to take? I, th- I think it's 100% fair because, you know, there's still so much baseball left to be played. I think there's like 85 games or so left for the Dodgers. So, you know, I think as of right now, they're three and a half or maybe four games back at the D-backs, maybe one game back in the wild card standings. Obviously, it's not ideal. You know, you want to be in first place as much as possible. But, yeah, with so much baseball to be played, I think August 1st, even if an August 1st rolls around, the Dodgers are still two or three games out. Uh, there's still plenty of time. As long as that final week of the season, you're within one or two games, a lot can happen. So no need to uh, panic. The sky's not falling quite yet. But uh, I'm with you, George. Give it to August 1st for the trade deadline, and then we'll we'll see. We'll just see if this guy is, in fact, falling. All right, Blake, 45 seconds is what I've got. What's the update on Julio Urias? Well, good news, guys. He's going to be making a rehab start this Sunday in Rancho Cucamonga. So if any Dodgers fans are in the area, they want to go check him out, he'll be pitching there. And if all goes well, he'll be rejoining the team next week in Kansas City. So sounds like pretty much one more week uh, until Julio comes back and really bolsters that Dodgers starting rotation. There he is, the wonder boy, Blake Harris. Follow him on wonder Twitter. Wonder boy. <laughs> At Blake H. Harris. He's still a boy to me, man, okay? Wonder boy. <laughs> he looks young. He's young. He's young. He's uh, virile, probably, is my guess. Uh, maybe we should ask Mrs. Blake Harris at some point. Who knows? So anyway, Blake Harris, follow him on Twitter at Blake H. Harris. Go to the website, uh, the Substack. Subscribe there. The man is doing the Lord's work about your team, the Dodgers, okay? Go subscribe to the man's Substack. Blake Harris, Substack. And of course, find the podcast inside the ravine. I will be appearing someday soon. Uh, Blake, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for the time. Always a pleasure, guys. It was good talking with you as always. And George, you're the man. See you, bud. There he is. All right. So we're going to take a break. How many picks are we through here? Uh, We're on number 10 coming up. Number 10 is coming up. All right, so we'll take a break. We got what you need to know. Also, we're still monitoring all this stuff on what the hell's going to happen with Dame Lillard because we know they took Scoot Henderson. Nothing But I am like literally, I have my alerts on. Woj, Shams, Haynes, all these guys, Ramona, because I want to know if Scoot Henderson's being traded or if Damian Lillard is going to be traded because to me that's the only thing that matters to me when it comes to the Portland Trailblazers now, now that they've taken Scoot Henderson. Is he going to stay? Is Dame staying? What's happening there? We'll get to all that coming up in just a moment. 